0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Let's give them one more hand as they go to their Sunday schools. Well done, kids. Awesome. Just for the next few minutes, I want to share something called Searching for a Savior. As you came in, you've been been given an outline. I encourage you to pull out. Has everybody got an outline, or does somebody need an outline? Can I see hands if you need one? All good? You've all got one? Great. Today, even USA and News Report and Time Magazine. Talk about searching for Christmas. Time has one out, finding God on the internet, searching for Jesus online, the secrets of the nativity. And what the media has figured out is that deep down, we are seekers. Big magazines like this don't put headlines on on the cover unless people are going to buy it, unless these are questions of interest. As people look around the world and they encounter various challenges in life, They see the collapse of materialism to fill their deepest needs. And so really they ask, who can give me the answer to some of the deepest questions in life? Questions of origin, for example, like, and you often ask us when we're younger, where did I ever come from? And when I get there, the question of identity, who am I? The question of meaning, why am I here? The question of morality, how should I even live? That's the question that's asked. And then destiny, where am I actually going? Another type of question is, if there is a God, does he even care about me? Does he know about me? And if there is a God, is there any possibility I could even know him? These questions are asked by millions of people. That's why Newsweek, Time Magazine, even Wall Street Journal have headlines like this. You can see that. Now, if you are a spiritual seeker here today, like the wise men they sought, you have a lot in common with the wise men. They were seekers because they were searching after the truth. They were searching for a saviour that they'd read about. And they crossed all across that Middle Eastern desert. It's told to us it's approximately four to six months' journey from where they came from. Get from where they were to Israel. Now, the wise men did three things that caused them to find God. Three. And today, if you do the exact same three things that these wise men did because they wanted to find the truth, you will find the truth. First thing they did is they made a commitment to find and seek the truth. They wanted to find the truth. Do you? Do you want to find the truth? If you want to find God today, you've got to seek the truth. You've got to go after it. You've got to take it seriously and say, just even an open question. God, if you are there, I would want to know about you and I'm going to start looking. I'm not going to pretend you're not there. If you are there, I'm at least open to look. Now, there's a big difference between seekers on the one hand and speculators on the other hand. Speculators go, "Well, I think God is like." They speculate. Or, "My idea of God is that fill in the gaps." Or "I imagine," they speculate, I imagine God to be like X." Friend, just because you think something doesn't make it true, but seekers who diligently search for the truth and diligently search for answers. They don't just make assumptions. They actually take the time and the effort to find the truth. And that's what the wise men did. Matthew chapter 2, on your outline and on the screen, tells a a precede story of the wise men. It says, after Jesus' birth, the wise men arrived from the east. Uh, Excuse me, arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the child to be born, king of the Jews? We observed his star, rising and have come to worship him. Now in that verse you can see three things that genuine seekers do. First, genuine seekers watch what's happening in the world. They're observant, they're alert. They saw a star that was different. Second, genuine seekers ask questions. Good detectives ask questions, they don't make pronouncements. They started asking around, what does this sign mean? And third, they did whatever it took to find answers. Now, if you're a genuine seeker here today, I encourage you to do that. Do whatever it takes to find the truth. Sometimes people ask me, Ian, why are you a Christian? And if I ever had to answer that question, I'd say it in one sentence. Because it's true. No other reason because it's true so if you're a genuine seeker I encourage you to find out the truth think about how did I get here what am I supposed to do why am I here is there a God Is there somebody or something that explains the incredible order in the universe? Whether you go down to the nano level at the cellular level with a phenomenal amount of computer code necessary to generate DNA, or whether you go to the macro level and you look at the order in the heavens, how incredibly ordered they are. What explains that order? It's certainly not random. If there was random... Your trees wouldn't grow as trees. What's the difference between a tree and a tomato? That's not a trick question. It's the code that's written that changes the carbon into that form. It's very sophisticated code. What is the source of that intelligence? Because every code that I know as a computer programmer is written behind it a mind. A mind is necessary to order code. So, in fact, God wants you to get to know him and to have a relationship. So notice what he promises in Jeremiah twenty-nine, thirteen: When you search for me with all of your heart, not going to have a half-hearted deal, when you search for me with all of your heart, then you will find me. That's the good news. He wants you to know him. And because God loves seekers, people who genuinely want to know him. And that's what Christmas is about. The essence of Christianity is a relationship, not a religion or rituals. Religion is man's attempt to get to God, is rules and regulations and rituals. That's nothing to do with Christianity. God is interested in a relationship. That's why he came as a baby, to save us, not to scare us. And when you grasp that fact, you're going to start to enjoy Christmas, which leads to the second point. The second point is experience the joy. Every. Excuse me. Enjoy the fact that God has already taken the first step for you to get to know Him. He gives you a sign. And often I've noticed when, when you come to that place where you say, hey, God, I don't know whether you exist or you don't. But if you do. I want to get to know you and I've noticed once you step across that line then often God will give you a kind of a sign that you would understand and he does this I've noticed for genuine seekers in the wise men's case their travel guide was a very special star now chances are that you may have a air quote star in your life but you may not have recognized it maybe it's a book that has kind of nudged you in the right direction or a church, or he brings people into your lives so that we can see where he wants us to head. So what is the star do you think, potentially, that God could have put in your life? Now, there are three possible reactions when God starts to guide your life. Maybe you think God is talking to me and try to guide me through the process, through a person, through this book. And when that comes, you can react in three different ways. You could react like King Herod did. It was fear. What will this mean to my life if this is true? What will this actually mean? Herod reacted with fear. That was one possible reaction. Then you could react like the religious leaders, which was indifference initially and apathetic initially. Or you can react like the wise men, the third reaction. You can celebrate and you can rejoice. They rejoiced. They experienced the joy of being led by God. Notice this, Matthew 2.10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly. Man, you're telling me, this is a good thing to be excited about. If you're a believer, thank God this morning for the people and the events that led you to your Savior. I can tell you from my life, from the depths of my sorrow and pain, the Savior Change the entire direction of not just my life but my entire family's life forever. That's a huge change. Today, though, you may not be a believer, you may be a seeker and you're still on the way. That's okay, that's great. God loves seekers. Use the things that God brings into your life to lead you to God. Now, sometimes I've noticed, and by the way, scripture says this sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways was the case for me. Sometimes God can use pain to bring you to him. Some of you this year have had a very tough year. Maybe you've had a tough year in your marriage. Maybe you've had problems with your children or problems with your health. Maybe you've had some financial stresses Or maybe you've had some goals and dreams that you've longed for, but they just didn't kind of work out the way you'd anticipated. It just didn't fit together. And you're wondering, what's it all about? All this activity, furious activity, but there's a lacking a sense of purpose in all of this. Or maybe still others are struggling with guilt or disappointment. Have you ever considered that maybe in the middle of all of this, God may be trying to get your attention in the middle of your problems for you at christmas time i have really good news for you this next verse in luke 2 the angel said at christmas the very first one i bring you the most joyful news ever announced and it's for everyone i love that it's all inclusive it includes everyone this is not for a select group of people your savior has been born tonight Christmas such good news? Because of what Christ came to do. He came to be our saviour. He came to save us. What does that mean? It means three things. God has a Christmas gift for you. It's Jesus Christ, his son. You couldn't get any better Christmas present than that. And wrapped up in that Christmas gift are three wonderful things. He says, first, I want to give you forgiveness for everything you have ever done wrong in your past. Second, I want to give you a purpose and a power to live on today. So that's the past, that's the present, and in the future, I want to give you the security of knowing there's a home in heaven and for you when you die. This is not all there is. Thank God this is not all there is. This can be good sometimes and it can be tough sometimes, but this is not all there is. You're never going to have and get a better Christmas present than forgiveness from your past, help and a purpose for your present and security for your future. That's called salvation. and That's good news. So you need to, one, seek the truth. Two, you need to experience the joy that brings and realize that God is a gift. John 10.10 10 says this, I came to give you life and life more abundantly in all its fullness. Now, most people I've noticed don't live. They just exist they don't live the life that God created them to. They, they, in, they don't enjoy life. Many people just endure life. And this Christmas, God invites you not only to seek the truth and experience the joy, but thirdly, to recognize the gift. Recognize who that baby, by the way, here. And by the way, FYI, this is, this is a bit of a sidebar. But in Israel, these weren't typically made of wood. They were made of stone. And the reason why they were made, not of wood, because if you had trees on your property, the Romans taxed you more. So all the Jews chopped their trees down. And so wood was in very scarce supply. Slight sidebar. So recognize who the baby really is. What makes this baby different than any other baby? Question. Why do we split history into A, D, and B, C? Why is this one point... Today, 2018 years, why is history split? Something unusual that affected the world happened. Every receipt that's printed today will reference the birth and the death of Jesus Christ. Whether you're a bank, whether you believe in him, or you don't. Everybody does that. Something happened that says that this was no mere baby that happened then. He was God. Colossians 1 says this, Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ himself is the creator who made everything in heaven and on earth. And that baby made you. God gave the first Christmas gift. Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What a gift! I'd trade everything for that gift. I know people who celebrate Christmas every year, and they put up beautiful lights and Christmas trees, and they sing carols, and they may even go to church. They did all those things, but they never received the gift. Some of you recognize the gift. I believe Jesus was who he said he was. But you may not have received him into your life, and that's what I encourage you to do, to open your life and invite him into your life and to receive him. You can see a present, but it's no good for you until you unwrap the present. That's receiving him. You can re- Yes, that's got my name on it, and yep. It's it's from this person, but unless I take that gift myself and I unwrap it, I haven't received it. There's a big difference, and that's what you need to do this Christmas. Ask yourselves the important questions. Who was this child? Was Jesus Christ really who he claimed to be? And by the way, he claimed to be God. How do we know? as we wrap this up because the wise man recognized the gift because of the presents they gave remember what they just said I don't know about you but the Bible says here in Matthew 2 11, when they entered the house they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshipped him now in all my life I've never seen anybody bow down and worship a baby maybe when was the last time you saw somebody bow down and worship the baby this is no ordinary baby Then it says, when they opened their treasure chest, they offered him the three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Remember that? And we know that they recognized him as God because they fell on their knees. They didn't worship the star, which was supernatural and unusual. They didn't worship Joseph and Mary. They got straight to the point. They worshiped him. Because Jesus is the only one worthy of adoration. He's our Savior. Now, notice as I finish with this, they brought their gifts. Even the gifts that the wise men brought showed who Jesus was. Notice, you may not have seen this before. Number one, the first gift was what? They brought gold. Now gold was a gift that you always gave to kings, but this is a baby. And they were saying, this baby is going to be our king. Then they says they brought frankincense. Now, you know what, franken is. It's very rare and unbelievably expensive incense. And it was used to worship God in the temple. It was used to burn. And by that, bringing that, they were saying, this is God, and he is worthy of our worship. Now, the last one was pretty weird. If you had a baby, you would not want people to bring this to your baby. You know why? Because it was myrrh. And you know what myrrh is? It's a very odd gift. Myrrh is a spice in the ancient world they gave to embalm dead bodies. Yeah, gold, frankincense, makes sense, makes sense. But myrrh, to embalm dead bodies? Why in the world would he give a death spice to a baby? They were saying, he is not only one our king, he's not only our saviour, but he's going to die for us. He's going to sacrifice his life for the world so that we can be saved, so that we can go to heaven. The baby, this baby, did not just come to live. The baby was destined to die. What is the spirit of Christmas? You might say the spirit of Christmas to you is giving and receiving. Goodwill to all men. Well, yep, it's that, and that's part of it. But ultimately, the spirit of Christ- this Christmas, I invite you to one, I invite you to seek the truth. To recognize the gift of who Jesus really was. And third, to receive God's gift. To receive his Son into your life and heart and let him fill you with his love. No man will ever love you like Jesus Christ. His love is consistent and stable and unfathomably deep. No woman will ever love you like Jesus Christ. He will never disappoint you. The wise men loved him. And you'll be wise men when you do too. So God made you to have a relationship with him. And until that is in place, nothing else will ultimately satisfy. Or you may think this will, but when you get it, have you noticed the satisfaction only lasts for a little while? My point to you today is only he can fill that emptiness. The wise men came as seekers of Christ and they left as believers. They came one way and they left as another one. Their investigation turned into adoration, which resulted in personal transformation. It affected them. They were changed trends. And in the end of the story of Matthew, it says that after they'd seen the Christ and given him the gifts, they went home another way. Now, I think there's a double meaning in that. That yes, they went home a different way geographically, but they went home changed people. Friends, you cannot encounter Jesus Christ, the living God and Savior, and experience his unconditional love. You cannot love God. You you, you cannot make God love you any more than he does. Did you hear that? There's nothing you can do that will make God love you any more. And there's nothing you can do that will make God love you any less because God's love is not conditional like our love. That type of love will change you and you'll never be the same again and you'll walk around with a gratitude and a grateful heart towards God who loves you. That's why the final verse says, thank God for his son. His gift is too wonderful for words. Now The fact is God doesn't have everything. He does not have your life until you choose to give it to him. And I challenge you to give your life to Christ. He gave his life for you. Give your love to Christ this Christmas as your Christmas gift to him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I'd like you to close your eyes and just shut everybody else out. And as we close, I'm going to say a simple prayer. And I want to encourage you to say a simple prayer in your own heart to God. I'm going to pray a seeker's prayer. And if you've never opened your life to Jesus and never received his gift to you, Why don't you just pray this in your own mind? Now, friend, it doesn't matter the exact words you say. What really matters, though, is your heart. I invite you to say, dear God, thank you for bringing me here today. And deep down, I've known there was something missing in my life. I just didn't know it was you. Thank you for seeking me even while I ignored you and pushed you aside. Today, I recognize the gift that you sent at Christmas, that Jesus Christ, you are God. Today, I want to accept you into my life. I want to accept your forgiveness that you offer for all the things that I've done wrong in the past. I want to accept the gift of help to me in this present time. I want to accept your gift of eternal life for the future, and I want to follow you all the days of my life. Would you help me and lead me and guide me? I pray this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say, Amen. Mm -hmm. Friends, today some of you have possibly even heard that before. And if that's you, I just encourage you in a short moment as the offering buckets go by.